The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded September 4th, 2018. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello there, everybody. This is Sean Newton for Inside the Artist Studio. Today, I'm going to be talking to Jesse Northy of Edmonton band uh, Jesse and the Dandelions. How you doing there, Jesse? Great, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. I'm excited that I get to spend my first episode uh, with Cups and Cakes here talking about your new record. Uh, it's called Give Up the Gold. It's going to be out on September 7th. I guess it'll already be out by the time this drops. But uh, yeah, I guess, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the record here? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for it to come out. It's a record that uh, was co-produced with Nick Kozib. Uh, I've kind of shouted it out. Okay. Uh, lore. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really proud of it. I think we did a really good job of uh, kind of making things exciting and big with lots of kind of uh, neat sounds while still kind of uh, dialing back a little bit and making like simple, strong songs that I think people will enjoy. Cool. So who's all, who's all playing on this record? There's a lot of uh, uh, Connor Ellinger on drums. Uh, Dan Sedmeck didn't play a lot on the album, but he did have a pretty big part in the pre-production of it, and he usually plays bass uh, with with me live. Okay. Um, but Dean Carufi played a lot of bass and a lot of keys on the record. Uh, Nick Kozub did some a lot of uh, kind of textural synth stuff, and then otherwise, um, I did a lot of the. A lot of keys and vocals and guitar things, and uh, Laura Reed uh, played the violin on a couple of tracks as well. Oh, okay, cool. Because uh, I know, yeah, it's uh, at least in terms of live band, like you guys have switched personnel to some extent over the past couple of years, right? Yeah, and a lot of it is uh, a lot of the kind of musicians in the Edmonton scene, a lot of people play with with multiple bands and so sometimes you're kind of just working with the availability of the people that that you got and or sometimes you just have a good season where you fall in with with a good group of friends for a little while and and play with them and it keeps it keeps it fun keeps it fresh i imagine as well exactly i guess uh too because this project has been going for a a little bit right like because i know quite a while i think probably since i was even 18 and i'm 28 it's probably been about 10 years of this band in various forms okay so the band started when you lived in lethbridge then right absolutely yeah it's uh we yeah we probably did five years of of shows there uh, before we moved to Edmonton. It was just me moving to Edmonton. It wasn't the full right. the full group, and that's kind of part of the changing members. Hence, a lot of it yeah. is just uh, the music that, that I end up kind of writing and, and coming out with. And But yeah, I guess it's been, been, a, been a band for quite a long time now. Because I guess even, uh, like, because uh, I, I had gotten, a, like, the, I guess, pre-release copy of it to listen mm-hmm. through. It seems like a lot more, like, keyboard-based stuff than guitar, at least this time around. Totally. I think this last season I spent a lot of time, like, sitting down writing at the piano, and um, a lot of the piano shapes were kind of unfamiliar to me, so I feel like I was writing more based on... Uh, with with guitar, it's really easy to get locked in the shapes that you do. There, it's like okay, right. this is a G chord and this is a C chord, and I can transition between those chords in in this way. And so you kind of get stuck on the same types of 
transitions and and patterns and I feel like writing with the with the keyboard I kind of my fingers could be like I'm looking for this suspension and right. I kind of got good at, at just kind of moving around the notes a little bit to make a different type of song um, and just feel a little more uh, freed up in some of my tonality do you think I guess because uh, yeah I know particularly there's a lot of Wurlitzer mm-hmm. or anything do you think having like the tonality of a Wurlitzer versus a piano versus an organ versus like uh, basically different keyboards would change the way you write as well. Totally. Um, I think the Wurlitzer in particular, I, I feel like because it has a uh, like has a really warm tone and it still sounds familiar in a piano sense. It's not too weird. It has an at- the same attack that a piano would have. For sure. Um, but doesn't take up as much space I guess um, I, f- I feel that like with my my piano skills are a little limited and I feel like because of the sound of the Wurlitzer being nice it allowed me to be simple it'd be like the equivalent of doing like root position chords on an acoustic guitar or something like that right. I feel like there's nothing too crazy going on with what I'm doing but because of the sound of it it allows it to just be like a basic rhythm instrument um, and so it's fun to have that be the center of the songs in a lot of cases. Yeah, and some sure. some of them, the um, I feel like they're written on the piano, and then just as we, I end up playing guitar on them or something like that. But right. uh, at heart, these are piano songs. Yeah, for sure. And I and I, I feel like y- you can feel that to a certain extent, for sure, throughout the album. Like things just, uh, it's always kind of tough to put your finger on why exactly something sounds the way it does. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, it, it feels more like a piano album I yeah guess. there's a little more a couple more ballads you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so for the arrangements and stuff that are on this record did you do a lot of that writing and that work on the piano as well or sorry i, I you know what actually do you want to just run us through i guess kind of what the recording was like for this album as a whole I think uh, yeah. Well, what we had tried to do is we tried to get the bed tracks as a as a group, and we did a couple of days of pre-production at my house with with Nick, and and so a lot of the times at least one of the piano parts, um, usually the whirly part or or like the there was a grand piano at the studio too that we would use. Usually that drums, bass, and guitar would all be done at once, and then everything on top of that was kind of. Uh, we would come up with the the layers t- together, I guess. Um, oh, okay. And and some stuff I brought home and, and tinkered away at a little bit, but we tried to make it so that the song, worst case scenario, like had all of the elements that it needed. But right. then we could uh, we could just add some extra sheen to certain parts. Oh, okay. But a lot of the, a lot of the time it is keyboard based instruments, just because of how. Um, by be, be, being able to play a part on a keyboard, it could be a million different sounds. You know, the right. keyboard interface, I guess, is really popular for that that thing more so than it's, you're not going to play guitar. and A guitar sounds like a guitar, whereas a keyboard could sound like anything. I guess, yeah, because you have a, a home studio, too, that you do a lot of recording in as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, most of the bed track stuff you did at... We did it at audio department audio this department. time, yeah. Okay, is that, does Nick work out of audio department mostly? Absolutely, or? yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And then mostly overdubs and stuff at the home studio. Yeah, and I, a lot of that was sometimes just like we did as much as we could at the studio, but renting a studio when you have your own own space can get quite expensive, and some of it was just, it was nice to take a, take get off the clock a little bit and, and work a little bit at home and be like, well, what would happen if we, it sounded like this? Or it kind of gave us the time to experiment and, and feel what was right with each song. Yeah, for sure. Because I imagine, too, again, there's lots of really neat uh, textural stuff on the album. I would imagine a lot of that benefits from being able to kind of work 
on your own time more or less and not have to be beholden, I guess, to a studio. Totally, and especially when you're trying to use different sounds, it doesn't always click right away. You know, if uh, right. if you're making like a classic uh, country record or something like that, every instrument knows their, their role. You know, like a pedal steel is kind of like a butter that gets to sit in between things and be mo- melodic and right. uh, an acoustic guitar is keeping down the rhythm and the drums and bass all have their role. But if you're trying to be like, what would it sound like with... 15 violins and a piano and a, a weird synthesizer and the drums are distorted then it doesn't always like sit in the same way that right. a traditional song might and so sometimes you have to try a bunch of things and be like does this serve the role of the bass even though it's not a bass right or kind of just try different ways in order to make the songs click so sometimes they just need a little extra love yeah because with the with the title track i know uh thought it was interesting because a lot of the like at least i think what would be like electric guitar ends up being almost more of like a a synthesizer type function in that song i guess absolutely and i think yeah it's nice to think of uh just does the does the song have all the elements that make a song work and then trying to use the instruments that you have as your palette and try and fit that uh just make sure that everything clicks but by also still doing new and exciting sounds so had, had you set out to kind of explore like synthesizers and stuff like that a bit more with this record or was that something I guess that you had already had uh, some interest in I guess? Well know? so I've spent some time like I have a, a, a Roland uh, Juno 106 and I've kind of spent some time getting to know that and um, I've had like a microcord for a long time and I, I, I have a I feel like I'm not just listing keyboards I have, but I've been interested of whenever I hear a sound that I that I like um, that I don't understand. I'm often uh, curious, and I kind of look out, uh, seek out like what is that sound, and and why do I like it? And uh, so I think I've tried to develop like a good little curation of of, of sounds that I enjoy and um, have access to, and then being able to like paint with with those colors when I when I feel like it. So For I feel sure. like I've got a little bit of synth literacy. Like um, <laughs> there's not uh, I'm not very good at like a lot of like programming and sequencing and that kind of stuff. But I'm I can dial in the the sound that I want usually with the tool right. th- that I have. Yeah. Do you find then too? I guess that when you're writing, like how much how much of the writing comes from just kind of things that you have around and kind of playing with noises and stuff and how much of it do you think is setting out to find a specific sound and basically going hard after that i think a lot of the time i write the so in this way uh writing on the piano was really helpful because it's not often that i'll be playing with like a synth pad or something like that and be like this is great this is the basis of the song right and it doesn't mean that I, I should maybe do that a little more often because I think it lends to making different types of songs but I think a lot of the songs that I've been writing were uh, I would make the form on the piano and part of what's cool about the writing on the piano is because you have uh two hands um you can not only like you can imply what the rhythm of what the drums are supposed to be doing right um you're already kind of leading what the bass notes are supposed to be based on you're you're, you're defining the, the chords right and then in the definition of the chords and the suspensions that you're doing you're kind of also delegating melodies too so sure. i feel like in less uh, like um there's certain songs that maybe i wrote on the piano but I would be like, okay, the top line on the piano, we're going to delegate that to this synth sound, and now the piano doesn't have that sound anymore, and then the bass, we're not going to, that's going to be delegated to the bass itself, and then I would be able to simplify the piano part. Right. Um, 
So yeah, I think the cool thing about writing for the piano is that uh, even without singing a vocal melody, just playing by playing melodies and picking your chords and having moving bass lines and stuff, you're kind of defining what all the, the rest of the band is supposed to be doing within the song. Whereas right. it's harder to do that on a guitar. Um, you'll, you'll want to, there's not as much delegation, whereas you can really pick, pick apart a piano part and it, it is your arrangement. Right. Um, and so I think what I tried to do in that way is, is sometimes be like, with my different elements of, of my composition, what am I assigning? In, in order to make the song interesting in a production way, I'd be like, well, this melody line, let's assign it to something different. So maybe it'll For be sure. a bunch of violins or something like that. Or maybe it's going to be me saying like, ba 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 ba, singing melodically or something like that. Yeah. Um, when it really originally was a keyboard part, but then I kind of just want to uh, embellish it in a cooler way. Because you do a lot of production, I know, for other bands and other groups, uh, particularly in the Edmonton scene here. Uh, do you find that working on that stuff has changed your approach a little bit in terms of the new record at all? Of course. I think uh, every band that I get to uh, work as a producer on or kind of work together with, you kind of learn more about uh, just taste and, and textures that work and and uh, efficient ways of working in the studio and uh, your, your personal chops of being able to play a part and play it right and do it with the right inversions and all of these types of things right. kind of happens uh, more quickly. Um, I really did feel the need in this, with this record, like we had, we had, I would work together with Nick and we did it at the studio, but I still feel like I needed to take it home and just have some me time with right. it. And I think part of that is using the studio as a tool for so long, especially like integrating it into my house and yep. that kind of stuff. I feel like I needed to get that element of it on, on the record as well. Um, if that makes any yeah, sense, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. absolutely. And I think, yeah, the the identity of a uh, being a producer and an artist all kind of melds in into one together of of uh, just wanting to. Um, For sure, make I, that I when I'm working. Suppose to just with, I mean, the nature of home studios at this point is such that it makes uh, more sense to work on your own stuff, I guess, than it would have in the past. Totally, and be, especially when uh, I mean, so you could, I, say, I guess you could look at it, this as a good thing, but y no one likes being on the clock. I mean, having right. a, a set timelines is, is healthy in order to maybe you don't need to spend six days on a snare sound or something like that, you know. But yeah. um, and you, you don't when you are paying daily in the studio, whereas you might if it's just your own place. So right. um, I think it's important to feel like you have the comfort to um, flesh out your ideas, um, but it can also kind of turn into, um, like I find a lot of the time instead of doing like vocal takes or something, I would just like produce a bunch of keyboard parts because right. I was like, maybe it was like showing that I was self-conscious about doing the vocal. And instead I was just like working on things that weren't necessarily as important maybe coming up with keyboard parts or something like that. Maybe right. the song didn't need a keyboard part. It needed a, a strong vocal. Right. So I think in those ways, having someone to guide you is helpful. But I also think that a lot of people have these, uh, people have their production in mind of what they want. A lot of the time they just have a hard time articulating it. And sometimes you need to explore to figure out what that actually means so that you can articulate it. So how clear of an idea did you have going into making this record of the production style that you wanted and of, of how you wanted the whole thing to kind of sound? Yeah, I think um, I tried to... I, I feel like with the last record I did, True Blue, I, I, I don't know what I was... I, what I was trying to prove, and now I, it, it seems like a young thing to 
improve. Like I don't care about those things as much anymore, but I wanted to show that I could like make these grandiose songs with all these layers and hard chords and a lot of, uh, I wanted it to sound simple and complicated at the same time and kind of be this overwhelming rush of, of, of sounds. Right. Um, whereas this time I wanted to define a palette a little bit more and that palette being um, maybe songs centered around the Wurlitzer and uh, just try and be a little more supportive of that while still not closing any doors to myself of being like, you're not allowed to use this, you're not allowed to use this, but I tried right. to enact more restraint. Um, and so with the bed tracks, I think that kind of like spoke to what the songs uh, were supposed to kind of generally sound like, like as a start. And then afterwards, I just added some sprinkles. Yeah, I was curious here actually as well about choices for track listing for the album. I, I know some people are really, really picky about what they want for track listing and other people aren't as worried about it. Uh, I was wondering, yeah, I guess, uh, what was the thinking behind the track listing for, for this record? I feel like uh, I really do know, you notice, and this is kind of a bummer thing is of being a band, is that when you like look at your like Spotify or Bandcamp stats, right? Um, people start listening at the beginning of the record and they they drop off as, as you go along and that's just and that's just life yeah um so i tried to make sure that the the parts that i really wanted people to hear on the record were in the top half right um and then i was allowed to get a little weirder in the second half and maybe be a little more indulgent because if, if people are into it then they can stick around and if not they've already heard the the singles and and uh, a couple of the kind of experimental parts or whatever at the beginning so i tried to make it uh, like the first and second song lead into each other and yeah. um and then songs three and four are also kind of like pretty accessible and so i tried to make a really strong first half right as far as track listing goes and then the rest of it probably could have went uh, a couple different ways i noticed too because uh, for the most part i guess all three like just the dandelions lps are fairly short mm -hmm. as well as that also like by design do you think i think what happens a lot of the time is that uh i usually have 10 songs in mind and then a couple get cut um, and so this this there were supposed to be two more songs on the on this record um, and I just couldn't when I was talking earlier about uh, having a different palette on each song and trying right. to make different types of songs click there was just two two of these songs that I was like really excited about them and I think that was part of the problem is that I cared about these songs and they I had like kind of some emotional attachment to them as well um, that I just like I wasn't happy with how it was turning out and I had such a specific idea in my mind and I couldn't quite get it across um, and and some of it is just like I it's like oh I want the feel to kind of be like this and it never ever really clicked or right. some of it is just the way that the some of the recordings turned out didn't have the impact that I thought or something like that and I think that I think that happens a lot of the time I think I eventually kind of get caught up in my own head and just say whatever let's just put it out as it is and we'll move on you know and, yeah. and the hope is that um instead of because i do spend a lot of time on these these songs and tweaking them and fixing them and, and at a certain point you just have to say like it's done let's just let's just leave it and then hopefully um the the goal is to get better at the act of making records and producing right. and writing songs and so that it becomes easier each time like on the worst of days in the future hopefully i'll make better songs than i did now because i'll be right. knowing like you just make better rules for yourself and you don't fall into certain traps and you know what weird instruments might blend and you expand your musical taste for sure. um you get more experience you, you have uh ways to work with people you know what gear you like all of these types of things kind of um 
play together to hopefully make better songs. So at a certain point, instead of saying like, it's like, oh, these songs are at like 80% of my potential, but I wish they were 100. You always want the songs to represent you where you're at now. Right. But no matter what happens, there's always going to be like a year delay, you know, of right. like your songs are a photograph of like maybe how you're feeling three years ago, how you were like into music and what your tastes were two years ago, you know, yeah. and you're always trying to catch up to yourself. Like the, the songs that I'm writing like this week I feel like are so much better than any of the songs on the record you know and like yeah I want to show those songs but it's going to be two years or something you know <laughs> and so I think it's just part of the um I think the reason why it's short is that I if, to answer your question is just that I um just needed to wrap it up and there were these two songs that were like had a lot of potential but it just I couldn't f figure out how to um finish them but also I uh, prefer to have it as a just put it out and having it as a stepping stepping stone to the next thing rather than just like keep uh, fretting over it. Right, because yeah, I I know at some point uh, there's a certain amount of anxiety about just like yeah, uh, it's time to just get the thing out and let people make what they will of it. Totally. And each song can sometimes be like when you're trying to add a bunch of different palettes and textures with with songs and stuff. Each song can be its own universe, and and some of them are just more doomed than others. <laughs> yeah. So, do these songs stretch back a couple years then, in terms of the writing for them, at least? Yeah, I feel. Um, I, f I was actually I was quite lucky. I got a, a grant from the Edmonton Arts Council to make this record. Okay. Um, but I didn't expect to get that grant actually. And so I feel like when I was going into the studio faster than I was ready for. And so some of the songs I just pulled back from from earlier, like songs that right. maybe were supposed to be on a record or a record ago. And uh, I was like, you know what, now's the, the chance. It's totally fine. I can kind of flesh this out a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then other songs were like, it was exciting because it was like so new to me that it's like, yes, I get to, like this song is just done and we're recording it in a month. Right. Um, and so, yeah, the record's a little bit of a mixed bag in that in that sense. There's there's two songs that are probably like four or five years years old, and there's some that are still kind of very fresh, like oh, within, okay. within the year. Uh, out of curiosity, which which ones are the fresh, like the brand new, or like I guess the ones that would have been written right before running. Yeah. So I think uh, uh, like. The first two tracks, Leave My Temper and Not Getting Your Way, are, are pretty fresh. Like, I think I would have been writing those December... Uh, okay. what, what year is it right now? So, December 2016, <laughs> I guess I would have written those, and then we recorded them in January 2017. And, okay. Um, I think that's the timeline. I, I don't even know what what year it is now, you know? Sometimes it just <laughs> loops over. Um, Whereas uh, the, the, there's a song called Locked Out, which is quite old. Like that might be, I, I wrote that song when I lived in Lethbridge. And there's a song called okay. Here at Last, which is which is quite old. Gotcha. Um, and then the rest of them are fairly f fresh within the last kind of year or two. Gotcha. Here at Last was the one that was on the, the compilation. Right? Absolutely, the compilation yeah. Thing. Yeah. I like that one quite oh, a bit. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I guess here, the last question I have about kind of uh, album-related stuff before we get to the rapid-fire mm -hmm. questions. Uh were there sounds or records or, or I guess reference tracks that you had in the back of your mind when you were working on this group of songs? Totally. Um, I did want to, um, the funny thing is that even since I've written the, or since I've written this album, my tastes have changed a lot too, which is kind For of sure. funny. I think I would make different types of 
songs now. But I was going for there's a just piano ballad with production, I think, and, right. and not um, not flashy piano, but like um, piano ballads with with good chords and. Uh, cool flourishes and and so you can hear a lot of the i i like cool drum fills and being able to hear roomy drums and um and just really good chords and counter melodies and and harmonies and right um and so it, it's 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 beatlesy it's i like bands like grizzly bear i like oh, okay. bands like father john misty and and that kind of stuff um and there there a lot of those people are ba- balladeers you know they're right. uh, a lot of bowie yellow for sure um that kind of that kind of stuff um so there are like quite a bit of references i did make like a a playlist for myself and the band sure. of like here's songs that i'm kind of going for or this is what i want to steal from a little bit and some of it's modern and some of it's kind of classic uh, like 60s 70s stuff and hopefully i tried to make a blend that didn't sound completely throwback but it has a little <laughs> bit of uh that vibe to it as well yeah it's got a nice kind of yeah comfortable mix of like uh for me it sounds very like band on the run e mixed with you know all kinds of new interesting textures and sounds and stuff like that but uh excellent well i we're gonna move on here to the uh rapid fire questions fantastic uh so basically just a list of i think there's like 15 of them Mm -hmm. uh thing versus thing or just kind of short answer type deal uh have some fun with it first question here is coffee or tea coffee not a tea guy (laughs) that's there's nothing wrong with tea i feel like i have tea when i'm sick right and uh but i'm i gotta get more into tea i need to i need to be (laughs) hydrating more more often and maybe it's a matter of finding the the tea for me it's very important you know gotta find the tea for you exactly do you prefer cake or pie i'm a cake cake guy i feel like i'm picking the the unhealthy versions of all the the answers here i feel like i i don't know that pie is necessarily like healthier or unhealthier i see it as this like when i was young i could have an apple whenever i wanted i could have a peanut butter sandwich whenever i wanted but i couldn't have like chocolate whenever i wanted right and so i think this like kind of depravity of uh of of sweets as a child kind of (laughs) made it so that like any sort of treat that is also blended with something that is not a treat yeah confuses me or something (laughs) so when it's like would you like an apple pie i'm like well i would rather the whole thing be made of chocolate (laughs) because it's a treat it's like i'll eat an apple and have a piece of cake Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, was there an album that sparked your love of music? And if so, uh, what was oh. that? Um, I don't really know, but I, I was too influenced by uh, my parents when, while I was listening up only really they had three records and uh, well they had a lot of records but there was like three <laughs> that ended up as CDs that, for a lot of our road trips right and uh, there was a Rod Stewart's greatest hits uh, Eagles greatest hits and a Brian Adams greatest hits so we'll probably just say that those are the influencers of them <laughs> best movie that you've seen recently best movie oh I just watched this great uh great ken burns vietnam documentary oh, cool. just a cool 15 hours of uh war history so that's <laughs> that's what i've been watching lately <laughs> yeah something you know something fun and fun and light time. you know yeah. just something good to turn off the brain you know yeah <laughs> 
Okay, so Nintendo versus Xbox versus PlayStation. I'm realizing this might be a weird question. Do, uh, do you play video games? Yeah, I'm a Nintendo guy. Okay. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been playing. Here's here's a I've been playing Banjo Kazooie on the Xbox, but only because uh, I think Microsoft holds the license for it now. Yeah. But I feel it's a Nintendo game, so. That is, I'm gonna uh, go Nintendo till I die. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's one of my favorites. It's a fun game. It's great. It's yeah, really great. Uh, if you could open for any musician or band on the planet, who would it be? I think one of the um, kind of more obvious choices of the people that I would love to have the opportunity to open for, or are uh, maybe a band like MGMT or, or Tame Impala or the Flaming Lips or something like that. But I feel like my tastes are changing out. I feel like I'm, I'm moving to more towards... I enjoy that music, but I think uh, I've been opened up to all sorts of new different types of music in the, in the last uh, last year. And so I think my tastes are changing, and, and so will the reflection of the types of people that I would want to open for. But that's the, that's the answer that would make the most sense for right now, for the music that we make. I guess what kind of stuff have you been into? Because you've you've said the changing taste thing a couple times. Uh, what kind of stuff are you into right now? I feel like I've just been listening. I've been listening to more uh, more bands uh, fronted by women, which have been awesome. I've been listening to a lot of um, like just a lot of Saint Vincent and a lot of okay. uh, a lot of Nico Case, and um, I've been listening to a lot of like '60s Brazilian oh, cool. music and. Um, yeah, just uh, just I think I think Spotify has been really good for that for me. There's a woman named uh, Bedouin that I've been listening to. She has a song called One of These Days. Um, it's kind of been all over the place, but a lot of it has been kind of fueled by Spotify pitching me different things as well, kind of in a Discover Weekly gotcha. playlist. And um, I think it's just rounding out a little bit more from from just a, like Beatles copying psych rock. You know, <laughs> fair enough strangest uh job that you've ever had i used to work at a it was a taco time that had decided to not be a part of the franchise anymore so they called themselves taco hut but i think before <laughs> they split they ordered like six years of the special like ground beef seasoning or something like that so that we could continue to have everything that the the brand did without the brand itself yeah um and i think i was like i was only in grade seven and they paid me cash at the end of it every day <laughs> uh first car uh, Pontiac Grand Am. Turquoise in color. It's a fine vehicle. Exactly. Uh, candy versus chocolate. Chocolate. Okay. Yeah. And I, that, that, yeah, I guess it, my previous theory doesn't always work there <laughs> because it's sweet on sweet, but I think the, I think I'd like chocolate more than candy. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have like a all time favorite chocolate bar? Ooh. I, I think when I'm being uh, like in like road trip mode or something, it's like uh, like Mint Arrow, where I really like Maltesers. Oh yeah, those are weird. But at home, I've been just trying to eat. Like I'm trying to push how high I can get my cocoa percentage in my yeah. chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> so I can get to about 75 percent. 80 is a little much. Yeah. 90 tastes like dirt. <laughs> so I've been trying to 75 percent uh, cocoa chocolate at, at oh, home. Yeah. yeah. Those are nice. Even though it's not my favorite i wish it was you know what's really good is the um the sea salt and caramel oh yeah ones. those, are, those good. are that's great i always uh, i always like the big turks oh yeah yeah you just wouldn't do very well in narnia you know you'd be a <laughs> uh, you'd be manipulated by the the witch in no yeah. time 
<laughs> yeah, and and also yeah, it makes makes you think of Chronicles of Narnia, which is always Turkish nice. delight. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you could hang out with any of your musical idols, would you choose to do so? I think I'd uh, spend a fun afternoon day in the studio with with Paul McCartney. You know, I think <laughs> that could be all right, and I think he's a good enough sport that that we could get along for an afternoon. You know? Yeah, that that's a that's a good pick. Is there an artist or band that you're wanting to get more into this year? Ooh, I feel uh, that's a, a good question. I feel like I want to get more into uh, like Joni Mitchell this year. Uh, I feel like everything that I've that I've heard I really like, and I've I've listened to a couple records, but I feel like I really need to dig in this year. A lot of it is is more classic stuff that I just haven't fully sure. g- got around to yet. Um, there's like Stones records that I still am trying to get into. So I think just kind of broadening the the palette and the taste overall, and and kind of digging deep and trying things that I wouldn't usually like before, but maybe now my tastes have opened up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I guess what is your favorite thing right now that people would be pretty surprised that you're really into music wise Mm. i think it would be this uh i've just been listening to a lot of astrid gilberto which is is, uh it just makes me feel like i'm on a nice breezy island and it feels relaxing and the the chords are cool and um really like a lot of the melodies and stuff like that yeah for sure Western Canadian group that you think is like killing it right now. Mm. I, I really like Wares. I really like uh, John Common. Yeah. Uh, really like uh, Sister Ray. There's uh, some great bands from from Lethbridge, The Utilities, and Brenna Lowry. A band called Ghost Woman. That's really great. Um, yeah, those are my Alberta shoutouts for now. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, and last question here, albums or playlists, I guess, when you go listen to music? Um, I, ideally, I would love to listen to albums, um, but lately I've been... Well, lately, I think I just have been discovering music through this Spotify Discover Weekly yeah. thing, which is like weird to talk about that specifically so much, but it has been quite influential, and I think it's getting really smart, and it gets, uh, it gets as smart as you... Um, kind of lead it on to be so if you're if you're saving tracks off of this and kind of playing them and saving the albums or skipping songs you don't like you're kind of informing the all-knowing algorithm about what what your tastes are and it pulls it digs deeper and finds things that you will like when you when you uh when you kind of train it properly so i've been listening to that as a playlist quite a bit but then the ultimate goal is like finding a band i like from there checking out their album and hopefully liking the whole thing um and i i feel like i've discovered a lot of music lately that way uh do you find i guess that that you think people are still by and large writing to fit the format of an album do you think or just because i i I would assume yeah in a time where most music discovery is on spotify or whatever service kind of track by track Mm -hmm. uh i would assume the writing would reflect that not even yours necessarily but I think the the truth of it a lot of the time is that one song makes the difference versus the whole record. Right. And I think that's happening more more and more, especially like because people are fighting for these like Spotify playlist spots and you can't get a whole record on there. Like it's right. your strongest song is going to do it. As far as whether people are like marketing music that way or releasing music that way, I don't think so. I think that people are still marketing a full album because 
the industry hasn't caught up and that's the it's kind of like a showing a, a milestone like a birthday or something like that and right or like there's enough media to be like there's album reviews and you can do music videos for multiple songs off of it and you can really extend the life of the release by right. like kind of promoting the whole record and you can go on tour to promote the whole record and um you can talk about what what has changed in your tastes from the last record and right versus uh, it's harder to do that with with singles i guess yeah um but i really do think the singles are the ones that are making the difference right for now. sure uh, are you guys heading out on tour fairly soon for this? Or? Uh, we're going to do a, a little run of Alberta, and then uh, I'm going to go out to um, Toronto for November, December, and probably play a couple shows while I'm out there. Oh, okay. No, no big, massive uh, kind of cross-country um, thing right away, but uh, there will be, we'll, we will touch around at some certain spots. Fair. Do you, do you take... Uh... Uh, I guess Connor and either Dean or Dan, do you take them out to Toronto or do you play with guys there? Or? Um, we've done, we did one trip in, in April, May this, this last year where we brought uh, Travis Sargent was also out and, and uh, Dan Sedmak, Connor Ellinger and Dean Krufey that we all came out to okay. Toronto and we played probably six or seven shows um, in Toronto in the month of May. And that was pretty fun. It was nice to have them out. Uh, it's logistically hard to get everyone out. Yeah. So I think this next time I'll probably just find some folks out there. And part of that is just also getting to know that community and knowing who to ask and, and that kind of stuff. And I didn't have that before. And now I think I could maybe pull it off a little more. Fair. So hopefully I can be a little more mobile now. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, you guys have a show. It should be the day after this drops here. So Saturday, September 15th, uh, you guys are playing the CKUA performance hall, right? Yeah. So on the main, on the main floor, it's at the like ATB arts branch, CKUA performance hall, kind of like they've married their spaces a little bit, but it's just on the main floor of the CKUA building. There's a nice room that's, uh, just kind of a concert hall kind of space. And, uh, I'll be playing with John common, uh, on the, on September 15th. Excellent. And where can folks find tickets for that? Uh, they can just come to the door and it's only Perfect. 10 bucks. And so it's supposed to be pretty accessible and, uh, hope people show up and have a really great night. Okay. Well, we're going to play a track here off of, uh, Jesse and Dandelion's new album, give up the gold it's a track called barking up the wrong tree. It's actually, I think uh, my favorite track on the album. Uh, so uh, here we go. Let's give her a listen. You stare outside. You look out at the window. You are out of my mind. Not a thorn or a thistle. In the song that you sing, you know it won't be repeated. The journey is long, but I won't. Facing your fears Do you think 
barking up the wrong tree. You're barking up the wrong tree. You say you're just smart and love. You say you're much too clever for me. You're much too clever for me. Look out at 
This episode of Inside the Artist Studio was produced by Sean Newton. The feature track was played with permission from Jesse and the Dandelions. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowrecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is one of many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.